Here is a reminder from the American Medical Association. Games, games. Here's some games. Games that want to get out. See? More games. Don't pour sulfuric acid on your genitals. What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and I keep getting funnier every single time this I see This is the Nerd Words Podcast. You guys care to comment? What do you mean, like, find some? On utilitymuffinlabs.com. Listen, I'm tired of you motherfuckers calling me. If you don't stop, I'm going to call the state's attorney's office. 630 7138. Now take me off the fucking list. Say, hey, Bob, how are you? Doing great. <laughs> Dude, Dan, we hadn't had it for, I think. Yeah, it's been a little bit, a couple of weeks since we've done a podcast. It's been forever. Um, but uh, we just saw the movie that neither of us really gave a shit about that we sort of briefly talked about before the Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. We're like, what, when did that movie come out? Like three months ago? I don't know. Yeah, March, April, May, minute. June, July. Yeah, so like about four months ago, but that shit's already out on DVD and Blu-ray and all that stuff. Sure. Um, we we watched the, what do they call it? The, like the Ultimate Edition or whatever? Yes, it's the extended, it's like a three-hour yeah. thing. I don't know what was included that wasn't included in the original. I don't think either of us have a clue what was added to that. Um, but thoughts on it? I personally, I didn't give a shit. I didn't want to see it in the first place. Like, like, uh, you know, I'm not going to turn it down, but it wasn't Superman and by default certain types of Batman. I'm not going to run out to the theater to see right away. It's not, that's not my rhythm that I dance to per se. But, uh, you know, when you were like, hey, let's get it on the Xbox and watch it. Of course, I was like, yeah, sure. You know, why not? So going into it, I wasn't I didn't have expectations. I was just like, yeah, I'm probably not going to like it, but whatever. Uh, Having seen it, I liked it more than I thought I would. Uh, There's definitely some things that I will be critical about on it, but I liked it better than I liked Man of Steel. And it was not as terrible as I assumed it was going to be. I uh, didn't think it was bad at all. <laughs> I, I need to, I mean, it's plain as that. Like, uh, there's styles of watching these comic movies. There's who, and it's my personal opinion, some of my friends, maybe even you, fall into the category, shoe fits type thing. Mm-hmm. I put you in the asshole category. Where <laughs> I, don't, I don't care that you have an asshole. I do too. But I honestly need to smell what you're dropping. Right. That's what it comes down to. You know, and that's how I feel about the opinions about the movie. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, cool, if you liked it, great. Conversation over. Right. Unless you wish to, you know, oh, what you thought was great and I thought was great. That's a pleasant conversation. Yeah. But immediately, yeah. if someone's like, Bob, did you like the film? Yeah. Well, I didn't. Well, cool. Clearly, you're hostile. We're friends, though. Right. Let's just leave it at that. And I think that's what happened in this movie. You had an immediate response from diehard fans yeah. who were like, I saw it because I'm loyal, but I'm pissed off. And that gave credence to the to the critics to just say, well, I'm just going to shit on it because it's a film. Yeah. I, I feel I feel like uh, as a f- person who's not like a big fan of Superman or Batman, I have the opportunity to go into it with sort of uh, a naivete, if you will. I don't I don't have an especially 
strong connection to either of the characters. Before I lose the thought, because I like completely. Oh, I'm sorry. Them. I thought no, were... the, the second type of person is me, where I am Johnny, entertain me. Right. I want to go to a film. I want to watch it, especially a comic book film. I just want to watch it. Yeah. And if it can entertain me, it's done its job. Yeah. Because I'm aware that this movie, they're not going to make 12 of them. Right? Of this particular movie. There's right. not a series on Netflix. It's not Game of Thrones, HBO series. It's one movie, and if it sells well, they'll make another. Yeah. That's it. So I like to see what they have. That's it. Yeah. you, you. Uh, I feel like you enjoy just being dazzled by the spectacle of Dazzling. the movie. So uh, uh, we we can get into, like, all the, all the main reviews of it was like, uh, I didn't like this. This kind of sucked. It was a lot of like it was bashed. That that's pretty well known. Having said that, aside from a few things that I found a little distracting about the movie, uh, I didn't dislike it. Uh, I I felt like the 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 one thing that a lot of people talked about was Batman killing a lot of people. Right. And and can I say they exaggerated the shit out of that? Yeah. It was it was highly exaggerated. Like. Batman killed people like comic book characters kill bad guys. I mean, like, he in one dream sequence he killed people. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get to that dream sequence for sure. Right, because that's we that's, agree that's that's a blot. <laughs> but yeah, um, but so the idea of Batman being a little old, a little grizzled. You know, he's been doing it for twenty years. They established that in the film. I get that he's a little bit of an alcoholic. He's kind of at his at his wit's end, and he's gotten a little bit more sadistic, we'll say. Now, the, the scenes where Batman is killing people, it's like car chase scenes where cars blow up. Now, we know that those people probably died, right? right. But it's not like Batman is knifing them to death. <laughs> you know, with a sadistic grin on his face. It's incidental shit that I, I believe is forgivable for the the medium. It's Cars chasing them, shit blows up. The brand, I think, is what people were, were getting down on. The yeah, fact for that sure. Batman started branding criminals, knowing what would happen to them in prison amongst other criminals. Mm -hmm. And they would label them judge during execution. Now, to me, if you're an individual who has been fighting crime for over 20 years, right, and hardened, thug, crazy, psychotic, no help, chased by police, hated by a city, mm -hmm. you know, that weighs on you, sure, you just do the job, but then... What happens when those same criminals are getting out, killing people, sometimes by the hundreds? Definitely. My curiosity about it is, uh, and maybe it was spoken on in the movie, but why were the people that were getting branded, why were they getting killed in prison? Because they were snitches. They know if you got branded by Batman, odds are you coughed up other criminals. And, and I get that because I'm a diehard Batman okay. yeah, fan. Yeah, it makes, makes sense. Every okay. person yeah, that's that, caught that, by the police that, that Batman leaves behind, he's interrogated. It's a given. That's how he knows about other stuff. So they're just assuming you snitched. Snitches get stitches in prison. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can get behind that. Um, so the, the one one of the major glaring points for me was the dream sequence. Now, if you haven't seen the movie, uh, whatever. I don't know why you're listening to this podcast because we f always spoil the shit out of everything. But there is a very long dream sequence where Batman, I guess, has this weird fantasy that it's mad max and superman runs the world i guess and there's like superman soldiers and they capture batman and it's it's not a poorly done dream sequence that's not the issue the issue is is that it does it's it's overly long 
and it doesn't really fit anywhere in the movie. It's he, like he doesn't talk about it. No, they don't explain it. Just he had it and it troubles him. Right. It, it's there's you have one scene where there's things happening, and then there's this 15 minute long dream sequence, and then it just goes back to the movie. Now, because I, I have to be called the uh, the traveler on this, mm-hmm. the lonely traveler, <laughs> uh, is because I happen to know that that's a head nod towards DCU. Yeah. If if you look at or not even DC, let me take that back. That's that that's, that'd be the DC universe MMO. I I would say more to the one where uh, the fighting game, where what would happen? Oh, Gods if Among Super, Us yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. What happened if Superman took yeah. over and then Wonder Woman joined Superman and all that? Yeah. But in the dream sequence, Batman does become the Anarch fighting on the behalf of man. Right. And he is ruthless because he has to be. Yeah. You know what choice does? But <clears> even <throat> then, you didn't see him kill anybody. But if you're going up against Superman and the armies of, of the right, which just cue Hitler come again yeah. the way they have it, how do you fight that by just knocking people out, knowing that the system now, there's no place to hold them. There's no place to stop them. Right. So unfortunately, if you want your ideals to be realized and it means war, you will have to kill. Yeah. So I'm sorry, folks. This film, though, I mean, that's the dream sequence. Yeah. But just to add back to the film, because I said I was going to say we didn't say it, this film was good because it was meant for adults. It wasn't meant for kids. It wasn't yeah. meant for your kids to come sit down and get a lot of the adult themes here. I mean, they could they could enjoy it theoretically. But. Yeah, it it is it is is a an adult movie with characters that are kind of made for kids. It's mm-hmm. but it's definitely that's been that's been stated over and over again that it's a dark movie. It's definitely a dark movie. Uh, a couple of things that I noticed that they did in the movie though was when there was these overwhelming crazy superhero fight scenes. They they were always like that's an abandoned part of the town, <laughs> like, like they would make it a point to say like we're trying really hard to keep the body count down because in the Man of Steel, fucking thousands of people clearly died. It was like a hundred nine elevens all at once. It right. was it was, you know, and they show you at the beginning of the movie, Batman or Bruce Wayne's perspective on it. They show you all these buildings co- collapsing and all this crazy shit happening, and it's like. Those those kind of like childlike superpowers that we see in the comic books are realized in a horrifying manner. What would really film. happen? And I think that that was done really well. And we learn about our new villain of the film, which is Lex Luthor, which a lot of people gave uh, Jesse Eisenberg shit for. Us both, yeah. Us both were yeah. guilty of charge. And and I'll I'll say I am. 50% less going to give him shit for it. Right. I'm not going to withdraw all of my shit because there were a lot of, uh, you know, scenes in the movie where I was like, ah, it's it's a little over the top. It's not necessarily the Lex Luthor I'm used to, but it's a, he's, he's a fucking scary villain. We got some points with this Lex Luthor guy though, right? right? Like the bad points. We'll just do pros and cons. We'll do the cons yeah. first. Um, cons. They set him up to be pretty much uh, what a friend of ours, Nick, had said. Uh, the Facebook mogul. I forget his name. Uh, uh, the creator. Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> Is it Jesse Eisenberg? <laughs> no, no. no. That's the actor, but he plays... I was going to say, I didn't think he, he was. He plays Mark Zuckerberg in the movie right. about Mark Zuckerberg. So from the from the candy fetish that he has, you know, and he being real goofy, playing basketball in his own corporate building. Yeah laissez-faire how young he is where they show him as like he's the internet startup guy right but they didn't show him as a kid who had his shit together they showed him as somebody who clearly has something wrong with him yeah that's off the bat and i actually consider that a con because you can't you're ruining your image like if he was going to come across lex Luthor is a confident 
powerful individual. Yeah. Even a young Lex Luthor. And for him to come walking up not having a shit together, it throws your confidence about the character a bit. Yeah. And, and, it, and it, it, they established that essentially his wealth and fortune and company were inherited from his father. But they never really, they don't, they don't show you his father. They don't establish like what kind of man his father was. They don't establish any kind of relationship that he might have had with his father that might indicate, well, his father was a fucking dyed-in-the-wool villain. Right. It's just his father was Lex Luthor Sr. Or why can't he complete sentences? Yeah. That, that bothered me. Like they, it's like the director said, we're not doing any internal monologues, so right. you're just going to talk this through. And it's like, well, you, you could have. <laughs> well, I feel like it's, it's become a bit of a movie trope that the villain, and I, I, I feel like DC even kind of started it. Uh, and the, I think the correlation has been made before between the Joker, the Heath Ledger Joker, and the Christopher Nolan uh, Dark Knight film. He was very fragmented mentally. The difference was, I feel like it wasn't a put on with that character. Right. It was a natural progression that that actor came to as to how he was going to portray that character. And he did it in a way where he was genuinely unsettling because it didn't seem it didn't seem acted. It seemed like that was the character come to right. life. But what one would say is that directly, uh, directly, especially with DC, they're trying to capture Heath Ledger's performance and other yeah. actors and other roles. Yeah. And that, that I told you when we were watching it, that clearly was a Joker setup. Yeah. And even the style and how they did it, which is why I'm I'm 50% only. Yeah. Because I still say, you suck. You yeah. suck in an aspect because you want it back so bad. This is the route you went to. And you kind of ruined, you, you tarnished Lex Luthor. It's like they took Lex Luthor and Heath Ledger's Joker mm -hmm. and they had a baby. Yeah. And here he is. And Lex Luthor... Was all like I like in the comic how he was obsessed about being peak intelligence, peak physical uh, performance. Yeah, because that was his insanity. The best of man. He was obsessed with being the best of man. Yeah, and that was the reason why he didn't like Superman. It was the name. It's what he was doing. Everything else, like right. Lex Luthor, could solve diseases and cure all this stuff. It didn't matter with Superman around. None of it did. So it's like his limelight was stolen. Yeah, they don't really establish that. They basically establish that you have Lex Luthor who was present in some form or fashion when these superheroes fought each other. Well, when Superman and Zod and all those fucking guys were fighting each other. But it doesn't really give you, like, it doesn't show you what happened to him. At all. You know, it doesn't show you, like, oh, he lost loved ones. He, you know, it's just, you're not me, so fuck you. Right. And repeatedly. Yeah. It was just once or twice. I mean, like, there was constant, the whole conspiracy setup. How he basically goaded Superman into going after. And by the way, I need to, that that's another black mark in the film. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I'm gonna do the cons first. Yep. That the other black mark was okay, so Lex Luthor had the intellect to set up Superman, uh, i.e. Clark Kent, but Superman didn't have the wherewithal to go find Batman, who we knew was Bruce Wayne, and talk to him before fighting him. Right. He couldn't go chat with him. No. He it, 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 the way that the fight was set up, Superman's like Hey, man, we need to... And Batman just beats his fucking ass. Because at that point, Batman had been goaded, and, and to my opinion, rightly so. He'd been pushed to the brink, no sleep. Right. Full tilt. He had. He, he met his... his The will had run, well had run dry. Right. He was fucking done. But Superman could fly. <laughs> you know, that was, that was something that was key. That, okay, 
Superman lands and Batman's like, have some fucking machine guns, have a landmine thing that fucks you up. And Superman, instead of going, I don't need to walk to him because I can fly and I'm invulnerable. I could just fly up here and, and just, you know, shout down like, hey, this dude's a fucking villain. He's trying to pit us against each other. Let's not fight. Let's go save my mom who he kidnapped and wants me to take your head. He didn't do that. He just muscled through and good points. Yeah. I'm talking way before that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. He's investing. He's investigating Gotham because of this Batman branding people. Yeah. And it's getting people killed. And he doesn't give this Batman the benefit of the benefit of the doubt. No, not at There's all. There's ton because this is written after Batman's already done 20 years. He's come yeah. out. And to Metropolis, this Batman's some some dirt wrong vigilante. Yeah. But the the police are dirty because they help him. But <laughs> but Superman doesn't investigate. He's right. Clark freaking Kent. He does he's a he's a reporter. Mm-hmm. His investigation consists of talking to the vil, to the victims, and then instead of hunting down Batman, which he could do, yeah. He just sort of just says, uh, well, until I could blast him in the paper, I'm going to let this go. Yeah. Oh, now I get to kick Batman's ass because here it is. And to me, that was the flaw. Yeah. Because he's lauded as being Kal-El, this intelligent super being. Well, and they establish, let, let, let's establish this. At the beginning of the movie, Lois Lane is in Turkmena, wherever. She's in Middle Eastern <laughs> country. She's Yeah, she's in Durkistan. She's She's in some desert the fucking nation terrorists it's half middle east half africa you don't know it's a desert place with terrorists right right and uh so she gets she gets captured uh because we find that jimmy olsen which which is a weird not like jimmy olsen is a photographer but he's actually a cia agent and they don't they don't know each other at all so it was my opinion that either dc comics or zach schneider fucking hates jimmy olsen they never liked him. They put him in just to kill him. So we find out that Jimmy Olsen's a CIA agent. They kill him. So they capture uh, Lois Lane because, you know, you, you may be ignorant, but that's no... St- yeah, you know, save you. low. Right. doesn't save you because you, ignorance is no excuse in the eyes of anti-Superman terrorists. <laughs> so Lois Lane is in a bit of trouble because the government is going to shoot missiles at this compound to kill all these terrorists and they launch their drone. And as the drone launches the missile, Superman appears in a fucking blink of an eye like he does. Cause he's Superman blows up the missile, destroys the drone because Lois Lane was like, she shouted or something. She was like, Oh God, I'm scared. And that's how fucking fast that Superman can move. Superman knows you know, she gets thrown off of the building right in the middle of the movie, like b- before the the third act. This is another one of those this Superman is my is, final nail is stupid super. And before she can hit the ground, Superman is beneath her, cradling her. So he's fast enough that he can beat her fucking trajectory down from wherever the fuck he was. He was at the top of a mountain, right? Right, which is hallucinating. Right, right. He was talking to his dead right. uncle. He he put on a sweatshirt and a fucking knit cap and hiked to the top of fucking Mount Everest or whatever. Right, and and like you said, hallucinated his dead dad because we can't fucking escape Kevin Costner. What the fuck ever. <laughs> So he essentially Superman teleports to her in full costume, which again, where the fuck does he hide the cape? But that, that those are just nitpick comic book shit. Cat gets her. So he's able to move with such intense speed that 
it's it might as well be teleportation. Right. You know, we see him fly from the Capitol building. Which it's will, not his ability to get from point A to point how the fuck. Right. It's his ability to have heard her. Right. That hundreds of thousands, thousands of miles away. Right. 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 That's he he heard just her. Right. Which means that he's always in tune to just her voice. Right. And it, it, it shows him up in up in the sky. This is later in the movie, too. This is in the third act. He's up in the sky and Lois is in trouble. And she's stuck under some fucking rubble or something. And he leaves the fight to go save her. So we, we, we see the extent of his powers that he's able to just focus in on one right. person. He's able to, you know, it's he's he's a god. Like they paint him, you know, in in the movie, they paint him as a fucking god. True as that is, whenever I've read the comic, mm-hmm. it was always because he was in Metropolis. Right. I can get he can govern a city. Right. He's used to the sounds of the city and the bustle and blah, blah, blah. But it's a known fact that human beings do sound alike. Dialects, regions, what have you. Yeah. And out of nowhere, Lois, who's screaming at the top of her lungs, falling at terminal velocity off the top of a roof that Luther threw him off. And he's in the Himalayan mountains, yeah. wherever the hell it is. And it was it was definitely not in the States. Right. It was somewhere in Asia. Right. And instantly he was at that spot before she hit. I have tons of problems with it only because it's so lame. Mm-hmm. It's completely lame. Right. Uh, this, but And it brings me to the point where we were at originally with the, the conflict between Superman and Batman and how that was kind of silly. The reason why I think it is silly is because, so Superman, you were talking about Superman or Clark Kent, rather, doing the investigation, which was, he went to someone's house, she wasn't there, that was his investigation. Right. And some old man was like, oh, he mad tonight, you know, uh, sorry, but please pardon the sort of racial way that I, I use that. I do it, because but, it was a, but that's, it was a but black that's, old man that, that was in the stairwell saying Right, that. That, that's, that's how they portrayed him, like, oh, he mad tonight. Right, my white guilt is showing, but yeah, that's how it was portrayed, like, <laughs> this, the... He was the blues guy. He was the old blues guy who was like sipping a drink or scratching a lotto ticket or some shit. Scratching a lotto ticket and, in the form of a battering. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, oh, criminals going to pay tonight. So we cut forward to Batman fucking up a bunch of Russian gangsters to get the green rock. And Superman doesn't know about the green rock. You know shit about it. Somehow. <laughs> but. He's able to track the battle in in uh, uh, Gotham as the cars are zooming, zip-zapping this way and that way, and shit's blowing up. And Superman lets all this other shit happen. There's like four trucks worth of Russian terrorists that just get obliterated. Right. And then he's like, hey, Batman, you're fucking done. That, that's essentially how, how it turns out. He goes, hey, Batman, you're fucking done. You better hang up the cape and go to fuck home. And of course, Batman's like, go fucking scratch and drives his dilapidated fucking Batmobile back to his badass under the lake cave. Super badass. You've never seen a Batman. No. I'm going to switch to the pros. You've never seen a Batcave like this. Yeah. I don't know whose idea it was, but the waterfall entrance exit for the Batmobile. Very cool. Pimp. Very, very cool. pimp. You had the Batcave with an Alfred who I can only say is sick of putting up a Bruce Wayne yeah. shit. Alfred is He's like... He's getting too old for this shit. Alfred is like an SAS badass. He Complete. He's just like there. And all he does the whole movie, and this is great, is he's just like, motherfucker, look look here, you, you Batman piece of shit. Stop it. Right. 
Go have a kid. The Wayne name is going to die. You're going to get fucked up. That- oh, you're going to beat this guy? Right. He's a god. You're going to beat him? Right. You? You are? Yeah. You're not. Good luck on that. You're not. <laughs> right. right. I could t- you're not. Oh, I see. Oh, All right. Okay, so you're going out. Well, you know, I'm not going to... You look- forgot one thing about us Waynes. <laughs> We're hunters. Oh? <laughs> yeah. And the way that we came to the conclusion that we're hunters is because the original Waynes that came over from wherever, they they hunted down animals and sold pelts. So somehow that translates from your ancestry hunted and your uh, it's whatever. So let's 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 get into a point that I found hysterical. So obviously Superman held back in yeah. this fight with Batman. He didn't want to beat him. Yeah. After the first canister of kryptonite hit him and he recovered from it. Yeah. Why didn't he just destroy the suit and the gadgets? Yeah. He should have just jabbed this motherfucker in his head, put him in a short coma, and called it a fucking night. Or even froze him from the feet up. Yep. Right? So he's trapped and walk over and tell him, look, my mom's going to die. I ain't got time for this. Yeah. Martha, Martha, Martha. Oh, your mom's Martha too? Well, okay, we got to do this. And that's that. That's that's the slice there, but I also think that's also the humor. Like, I think at a point, as a director and even a writer, you were like, how the hell does DC juggle all three of these people? Because Wonder <laughs> Woman's in it, too. And they had to go, so, okay, this guy's super intelligent, and he's he's a detective. Right. And he's holding down. God, and there's so much shit written about Batman and done about Batman. It is overdone. Yeah. So there's no freaking way for you to make this new, fresh, and interesting unless... I make a dark side of Batman and and we're not talking Christian Bale. We're talking just ruthless. Right. He's just, this is how it's going to be. All right, cool. Got that in a bag. Now we got a Superman. It's an adult version. You know, he's, he has flaws. He's raised human. Yeah. He's, he's got issues and there you go. No and, problem. And technically young. Yes. You know, naive still. It's there. Right. It's there. All right. So these two are going to fight. I don't know how. One is as American as apple pie. Believes everything he's done is for the right and on the side of good. The world treats him as a god. Right. Like, it's only shitty media America that is, is reporting him as being a villain, by the way. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah. It was Fox News, essentially. All day long, trying to report is he stopped a missile from hitting this village. Um, good guy? Right. Or a terrorist? How, who, is he bipartisan? Or is it sounds like <laughs> part like, no, dude, he's just the Superman and he was there. Yeah. How about the best one? The woman went on national television saying her family was murdered because of Superman's intervention. Yeah, from the, the from the beginning of the movie. Right, got all smoked out, right? Yep. And then it takes Lois Lane, the only possible news reporter that could have dug deep enough to find the truth about this woman. Yep. It just pissed all over the CIA, our government, anything to do with anyone who investigates anything that has to. Yeah. It, you Let me tell you something right now. If there's a terrorist that was able to kill anyone that got on our national TV, they wouldn't let it. The media could not air it. We would not let it if we weren't going to investigate how serious this charge was. We do everything. Look look at the modern. Everything gets looked at now. We're in an age where you do anything right. that could be potentially a threat. We're going to know who your parents were, where they came from. But only Lois Lane in his film found that right. all her parents, her, both their parents, her whole family was alive, kicking rocks in the village, and she was paid. She got flown over here. Well, and, and beyond that, if she was, this is getting kind of deep into the re- realism aspect versus the movie aspect, but I'm, I'm with you on that 100% because fuck it, why not? Uh, if she she's over here in the United States as a refugee, 
the government vets people before they right. are allowed into this country. And she worked for fucking Lex. <laughs> she worked for Lex Luger. I don't give a shit how many fucking shell companies you have. If when we look into your background, you happen to receive a large sum of money from a corporation that's American based <laughs> and you end up living. Oh, Superman fucking he did all this bad shit. OK, well, uh, maybe she's full of shit. <laughs> There's some stuff to look at. And why that's important is because it was such a pivotal thing that Batman heard that to feel angry, just to ignite his fire, to yeah. get it going. And we won't get into Batman because he certainly didn't investigate that woman. No. However, no. any Batman movie, TV show, comic book, if someone makes a claim, he's always thorough. Yeah. He's I, Mr. 100%. I, I do feel like... like to me, this is going to be my last shit on this movie because there's a lot of stuff I did like about it. But I feel like the way that they wrote Batman in this movie is that Batman, the way we know Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne is an intelligent dude. We know him as as the world's greatest detective. You know, th that that's the expectation. In this movie, he's completely all emotion. Right. There's no thought to what he does. There's no investigating to what he does. And I would think after 20 years of doing it, the guy would be jaded to the point where nothing anyone told him would be taken at face value. And literally, there's a joke made about it from Lex Luthor that he's like, all I had to do was just, you know, point him in the right direction and let him go. Emphasizing how utterly fucking naive and emotionally driven this Batman Did is. Did you catch the trope in that, though? Hmm. The Riddler said the exact same line in two of the films they had the Riddler? No, I didn't. I didn't catch that. Exact that exact line. I didn't catch that. Let him go. Oh, trust me. We'll go, and at some point we'll watch it, and I want you to watch the Riddler. And when Riddler ever... He, that's his Riddler's thing. He gets his ego about him yeah. and starts talking trash how easy it was to manipulate people. It's one of the things he always says. It was even in the video games yeah. they had with it. It was entertaining. That makes sense. It's rehashed. I just, it's a pet peeve I didn't think about until just now, but... Um, about the good, because <laughs> I right. said that before. So I did like this film, and the number one reason I did enjoy this film is because when you sat down, the pacing was great. It started good. It drew you in. There was action. There was buildup. Um, the way they collided the plots together, mm -hmm. I think, was uh, a necessary collision you had to see to keep up. I also liked the way they introduced the other metahumans, as they were called. It was subtle. It was something that you could see as only being believable that we know who Aquaman is. Yeah. You didn't know what we did, but you didn't know the movie watcher at the time that Jason Momoa was going to be Aquaman. It's cool to see. It's cool to see him come out. Nice mm -hmm. intro. Um, the Flash, what it looks like on a camera. I thought that was cool and how they did it. Uh, more importantly, though, Wonder Woman. She didn't ride an invisible jet. No. There's nothing lame about Wonder Woman. No, that... I feel like everybody who said like she was the best part of the movie, I can't argue with that logic. She was awesome. She the the way that they played her before her like Wonder Woman unveiling was really fucking cool. And like I knew who she was because I knew who the actress was that was playing her. We, I honestly her. thought she was Talia Al Ghul. It makes sense that she could have been the way she was uh, sneaking around, right? Because they don't really they don't tell you who she is. At all. She's just this mysterious woman. And then they use like her last name at some point, Prince. Right. And the way that they portray her, she knows some shit. <laughs> you know, uh, Bruce Wayne comes up to her and starts saying some nonsense about an artifact, and she's like, she's like, dude, I already fucking know that. Like, I know exactly where <laughs> it's at. You know, like 
like they they show her as she's got some knowledge about some shit. It's a sort of Alexander, right? That's I think that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a artifact, and some some scientist uh, or archaeologist or whatever is telling her about. Oh, it's I finally found it. It's the crown jewel of my collection. I've spent my whole life searching for it. And she's like, yeah, that's great. Kick ass, you're the shit. And he leaves, and then Bruce Wayne comes up, and he's like, it ain't, it's not. Right. It's, it's, and she's like, yeah, I know, because uh, I know where it's at. Strong female, strong female role. Yeah. Did not have to be a feminazi. No. At all. To be a strong woman with superpower. That's it. Yep. And that, w- that was cool to see on screen. Plus, oh, man, I'm a fan of Hippolytes. Mm-hmm. And when she dons the shield, and she has the sword, and she's gutting just chopping up doomsday yeah and treating it like it's sunday that's that's the real part i like like she didn't no one mm-hmm. called she did not utter a word for help yeah she was holding her own <coughs> and also in that fight i like how batman had to run like hell yeah there was there's well no amazing and, and there's one point where uh doomsday and we'll we'll get to the unveiling of that because that i'm gonna have to go back on something i said earlier about that anyways but we have doomsday and we have wonder woman and we have superman and they are just fucking throwing down with this creature just asses and tits flying everywhere and batman's just like in the background just like i'm not getting involved in this at all nothing like, i can do totally out of my fucking depths i ain't doing shit and then when doomsday finally does turn his attention to batman batman's like battering the fuck out of here right <laughs> i ain't shooting it i ain't throwing a rock at it i ain't looking bad in its direction <laughs> and it was it was great to see that so my retraction from when brandon was on here when we were talking about it Based on the story, because I had a sort of general understanding of the story, I felt like, wow, there's a lot of shit they're throwing in this movie. It seems pretty ridiculous. Like, they're taking all these different plot devices and throwing them in there. Having seen the movie, though, I feel like they did it in a way that it made sense. You have these godlike superheroes, and you need something that's tough enough that they're not just walking over it. Right. You know, and so I, I don't feel like they did a shitty job there. Um, it was it was very there wasn't much story involved in how the doomsday came about. It was they had uh, Lex Luthor had Zod's body and an alien spaceship and some blood. Uh, it's it's a comic book movie. Let, we it don't was, need to get into cool sci fi head nod. Right. But the point that they did in the film, which I was able to follow with and I actually agree with. We know Doomsday as Doomsday from the comic, from the death of Superman. But you didn't hear Doomsday before that. You know who the hell Doomsday was. No, because he didn't exist. So it didn't matter, right? right? I feel this film did a great job of doing it. And I even think, and once again, Doomsday went the same way Jimmy Olsen did. They said, there's no point to this character other than killing Superman. It's pointless. Right. So how do we make it a little more realistic? And to me, it was a little more realistic that it was Zod who was converted and used by yeah. Lex Luthor into something else, which I applaud in the yeah. film. I, I didn't have a pl- problem with that at all. Honestly, I, I was like, okay, makes sense. Because they didn't call it Doomsday. They referred to it as that he, it, it's another Doomsday. Yeah. As in, this is a Doomsday scenario. Right. Well, they, they, he, Lex Luthor looks at, at Superman and goes, welcome to your Doomsday. Right. You know, they, they, did the, they did a movie thing. It was a very movie thing. They don't name him Doomsday. It's just a sort of offhand remark, and it's really it's kind of fan service. It's done so that the people who've watched, or you know, read the comic books all their lives can go, ah, I see it, ah, I got it, I got it. It's uh, uh, cool. You, you did it for me. 
and I didn't have a problem with it at all. No, um, I didn't even have a problem with how ridiculous. Like Doomsday is a ridiculous character already. If you're not familiar with the comic books, you've never read the Death of Superman. Fucking go read it because it's the best thing about right. Superman. It's uh, yeah, it's a great story. It's great fucking artwork. It's it's an American classic. It's sold more than fucking bread sold in and Russia. And remember the reason why it's sold more than anything else that Superman ever done. People will tell you it's because he died. It's not true. It's because never before they included drama. Yeah. In a Superman comic. Superman always made it right. Yeah. Always took care of it. Everything was always good because Superman was there. In that comic, you saw the immovable force meets the, or the unstoppable force meets the immovable mountain. Inevitably, they both die. Yeah. That's how it goes. Yeah. And comic it was book's great. great. Right. Comic book's great. Go read it. But this Doomsday is different than that comic book. It's visually a little bit different, but also it's got like, they made it more powerful in the movie. Yeah. They made it ridiculously, there's like energy powers it's got, it's all kinds of But if of you shit. remember from the Man of Steel, I remember Zod talking about it and how he was, were genetic clones, yeah. and we were bred for combat. Yeah. And in that genetic makeup, there was like, there was something he said about why Kal-El was flawed. Yeah. Like, we were the evolution, and on this planet, we're gods. It's the way we adapted to the environment, right. and this is what's going to go on. So I thought about that when I was watching the movie. They were mentioning how they couldn't cut Zod unless it was kryptonite still. And it kind of alluded to the fact that if if it were possible, he could be brought back to life. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, okay, interesting. And it's just because they're on Earth. Yeah. Well, when they take him in the alien ship, when you listen to that ship, that ship was designed for survival. It was designed so it can continue its knowledge and yeah, for absolutely. the race along. So when you see Zod come out again, and he's now Doomsday, and Luther is the one who programmed him to, hey, kill Superman. That's what you do. Um, cool. But he was still growing. Yeah, he was still growing into what he was becoming, and they were in the middle of fighting it. So who knows if they gave him time to completely grow? Oh yeah, if he was even stoppable. And but it was cool to watch that thing didn't come out automatically, knowing it had eye powers. No, and every, and I think every time it tried to legitimately use it, instead you got that massive burst. Yeah, of energy as it was trying to learn. Well, it it they they followed the general concept of what Doomsday was all about in the comic books, where the more you damage him, the more he evolves to avoid that damage. And, he, you know, if you watch, watch the movie, he keeps getting bigger and, like, just more shit fucking he can do. And I didn't have a problem with that. I felt right. that that's a natural conclusion. Th- they fucking nuked the goddamn thing. Right. So. I forgot all about that. Yeah. And I don't. I, I said I wasn't going to say another con. I'm not going <laughs> to. But. Just, just we're gonna leave it there. They go to space. They nuke the fucking. They nuke Superman and Dooms. And and I'll do it for you because I don't mind being a surly bitch. They they'd been fighting for like four and a half minutes, right? Superman, the the supposed the god alien, and there's a giant gray thing in Metropolis, and also Metropolis has lost all its power. So let's just say New York lost its power. And the superhero of New York is fighting a gray thing. But they've basically been fighting that gray thing over on some abandoned island where we store all our garbage. Right. They're at the dump. They're fighting at the dump. And Superman says, fuck this, and grabs the gray thing, and and they both fly off into space. And in that four-minute time span, the federal government goes, fucking nuke them. And the, the the button's pushed, the key is turned, and the nuke is launched within, like, literally five minutes of them fighting. And they nuke them in outer space. 
I'm just nodding my head. <laughs> and yep. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I'm going, look, I don't, I don't know. Go what, on. I don't know what protocol is for using a nuke, but I'm pretty sure it might take like at least about an hour. I'm willing to bet you don't use a nuke. And you don't use a nuke in outer space to go after one small man? No. Because if you fucking miss, someone dies. A whole nation's gone. Oh, yeah, gone. all kinds of people die. And, that, but, and that's what's going on. And I don't know if I'm making this up in my head or if this is a legitimate thing, but I feel like they were willing to nuke them in Metropolis. Well, I think you are making it up in here because they waited. They said, what's the threat? Yeah. What's the problem? I could be making it up. Well, here's why, because <laughs> now I'm going to make it even <laughs> shittier. Because they asked, where's he at? And apparently the camera crews are so good. That they were tracking Superman, pushing, and somehow they knew mm-hmm. he had the gray guy. And they were just flying straight up. They said, okay, they're going. He looks like he's taking him to space, sir. Looks like he's going to deal with the threat up there where he'll have no weight or gravity to push on. He's probably going to resolve it in space. I think we're good. And the president is the one who pushed for the nuke. Yeah. Now, let me state this again. The president of the United States is the one who pushed to nuke something. Right. He is the last one to ever make that choice. When your own military is like, oh, it's being handled, it's up in space, Yeah. for now, we're good. No, nuke it, uh, sir, nuke, okay, we'll nuke it then. Right, and I don't recall at any point in time in Man of Steel when we had a whole swath of badass alien motherfuckers with ships that were trying to, like, re-terraform the planet that were, like, trying to kill every human being. I don't remember the government ever using a nuke. Not once. At any point in time. When it would have been totally fucking appropriate that basically the U.S. military was like, throw a tank and like 100 soldiers at that gray guy. And they did. And it did fuck all. And they were like, fucking nuke it. <laughs> oh, God, it's nuked. Nuke it. Fucking use a nuke. Now let's go over a fact. Superman's in space gets nuked. He's unconscious and slightly mutated. Yeah, he looked he look a little, I don't know, he looked like he was desiccated. Like, like his face was That's a little my sunken problem. in. I just, I'm just going to point that out, yeah. right? Why? Like, what? He couldn't have just been unconscious in space. We just show him radiation even messes with Superman. Yeah, but, but it, it. it doesn't at all. Right? And, that's, and that was the thing. And then, like, he gets back down to orbit, and then he's, he's you know, let's, let's rock. Now, take all that aside. We've done something that I never thought would happen. You made me hate talking about this movie. <laughs> because in my head, I was like, I watched it, entertained me, and now as we talk about it, I can literally pick this apart. Yeah. yeah. And that's why critics suck. Right. With the worst. So, but we've, we've, we've picked it apart because I feel like at the beginning of this, we have to get it out of the way. Everyone knows by now, it's a flawed movie. It is not a perfect movie. But there was good stuff in it. There was definitely good points. For as flawed as I thought that the Bruce Wayne character was, I felt like Ben Affleck did a good job portraying him. I felt like he did a good job acting in a way that I believed this man who watched people that work for him die, that bat out of hell drove to Wayne Enterprises to try to fucking save people. I felt like this guy had a right to be angry at this entity because he, he didn't know anything about him. Knowing Batman motivations, I might question, but I felt like he did a good job portraying him. I feel like Henry Cavill, uh, he's, he is Superman. Like he looks like him. He you even said that. He's, yeah. Like he looks, he looks like su- he is Superman. As far as I'm concerned, every comic book I've ever read, I look at him and I go, 
It's fucking Superman. So you think the casting was on point? It's a good thing. Yeah, about casting this movie. was on point. Um, let's see what else is. Uh, I feel that uh, I do feel the story was collided together well. I do say collides a little rocky, but it had to be. Yeah, it was. It was a three. It, it was a three-hour movie, and it didn't feel like a three-hour movie to me. No, that's how I knew I enjoyed it. You're right, right. Watched it through to through. You know, you didn't care. Your ass was getting a little numb. No, you, you know, you just there really the wasn't any like, oh god, this movie's fucking dragging ass. There was none of that. It was a comic book fucking movie. It was explosions and space and villains and flying and punching. And to me, the best part of the movie is when they go to get Luther and he really starts falling apart. And maybe it's because maybe he acted before he should have. And they just weren't going to reshoot the scenes before. Like, I have no problem with Luther being a little nuts after he melded with the ship. Mm-hmm. If he was a little nuts after that makes sense. You have all this alien info from 10,000 different species. Or 10,000, excuse me, different galaxies yeah. slammed in your head. You're going to be a little touched. Yeah. But I like when they came in, he was talking to someone. Literally sent a message to someone. You find out as he's in prison, and which was a badass scene, by yeah. the way. And when he was talking to someone, you look, and it appears to be what may be Dark Side. Yeah. Come down the road. And that made me very happy. Smile nice and big, because what do you do after Doomsday? You have to go big. Right. You have it, to. It's the same thing that, that Marvel is essentially... Marvel and DC learned like in the early 70s that we've made these characters that there's not a fucking thing on the planet Earth that can fuck with them. Really, at the end of the day, normal people problems are beyond them. Right. We can write a hundred different issues with Lois Lane and Clark Kent and their relationships, but at the end of the day... We have a guy that can fly so fast that he can go he's... from the Himalayas to catching someone thrown off the top of the Empire State right, Building. Right. And change while he's doing it. He changes his clothes the whole time. So we have characters like that. These are gods. The the you know, the comparison's been made a thousand times. We have to go to space. We have to go to something that nothing on earth, you know, it's 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 nothing on earth. It's it's Thanos, it's Darkseid, it's whatever the fuck. Right. These are intergalactic stories because they're they're just they're men that are too big for this planet. <laughs> and that's where it has to go. You know, it, it, that's where it is in the comic books, that's where it's going in the movies. It's there's no other thing you can do. You know, if you make a Batman movie, Batman's a man. Batman by himself, you can do a hundred Batman movies with real problems and crime, but when you have a Wonder Woman who you could be the baddest-ass gangster in the whole world. All the machine guns aren't going to help you. Ever. She can literally just cross her fucking arms and not get shot, you know? She can pick up a tank one-handed. Right. She's, she's immortal. Fly. Right. She's essentially immortal. She's fought in fucking World War One. The know? daughter of a goddess. Right. You ain't fucking with that. So who can fuck with that? Aliens. Things, aliens. Right. Aliens motherfuckers on hot red hot rock planets like <laughs> you know that's you you magical make, demons right. from other dimensions it becomes not a fight crime story it's not a it's not a spider-man story anymore now it's a thor epic story, is the only know? way to go right exactly and uh, you have all these other characters too speaking of epic i have a question for you yeah it's shift gears topic time yeah, for sure why the hell did you go back and watch game of thrones all over again um, well, you know, I watched it as it aired and 
getting to season six, there was a lot of shit watching through it. I was like, I don't remember. I like, I don't remember the reference. Who the mm. fuck is that guy? You know, like Benjamin, for instance, or uh, the the kid, the brother that got killed by um, uh, what the hell is it? What the hell is the brother's name? Um, the Stark brother that got killed by the crazy guy with the flayed god and the fucking uh, Bolton. Sorry, I'm brain fart. I brain farted all these Rick characters. Hunt? Yeah, so I I was like, who the fuck is Rickon? Because you don't really see him since like first second season, right? And even when you see him, he he never plays an important part. He's just another Stark kid. That has a couple lines here, a couple lines there. So I totally forgot who he was. I was like, who the fuck is Rickon Stark? I didn't remember that the um the the sparrow and all his little little soldiers, the guys with the fucking seven star right. on their head. I didn't realize that the main one who dies at the end of season six was the cousin from season one and two that um that uh, what's her name is fucking right. while Jamie Lannister's off. I, I all that shit I forgot. So you know, I was just kind of like, I don't know who the fuck this kid is or why he's important. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I should probably go back and and rewatch it because I'm missing a bunch of shit in my head. And rewatched it, and like now it's all totally clear. Like the whole fucking thing. I'm going, oh this motherfucker, all oh, that motherfucker. Okay, and. You know, so I rewatched it. There were some periods of time in the process of rewatching it where it just, I kind of got lulled into sleep, you know. But all things considered, it was good to catch up to see how we got from point A to point B. Now I'm caught up and I'm like, Jones in for fucking season seven, but <laughs> it's going to be a year before that shit comes out. So, but yeah, for me, it made season six which wrapped up a whole lot of shit. It made season six all that much better because then I understood again what was going on. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like if you started a movie, but you started it five years ago. <laughs> Fair. You're like, fuck, what? Okay. And, and not only is it a movie, but it's like a fucking 60-hour movie. <laughs> and you're like, I don't remember who. And there's a lot of characters in that show, too. Yeah, so that that's, I haven't seen a character on that show I haven't liked. Yeah, no, they're all didn't good. feel as quite even Rickon. Yeah, served his point. Yeah, he did serve his purpose, but I just didn't know who he was when. And also, one thing that I found confusing was when Rickon and the wildling chick that was with uh, Bran, like, wh why did they even go to, uh, what's his name, in the first place? Like, why did they leave Brandon? Oh, why did they go to the Three-Eyed Raven? No, no. I know why they went to the Three-Eyed Raven with Brandon. I don't know why they left <laughs> and went to back to Winterfell to deal with Ramsay Bolton. Oh. That's what I was like. Why did they leave? I don't really. I, still, I don't really understand. Maybe it was something I missed out on, but it just it doesn't make sense to me. So, for I remember, uh, they originally go, obviously, do the Three-Eyed Raven thing, but then they were going back to meet up with John. That was the only one who could protect them. Makes sense. Because they had nowhere else. They're up there with the whites and the only one who's going to save them. Right. I wouldn't even say save them. That would have the, a chance. the to... wildling chick wouldn't go back, right? She wouldn't go on the other side of the wall with her, with uh, Bran, right. right? Yeah, so that makes sense. <clears throat> so 
we didn't even talk about Game of Thrones because the last time we did a podcast, it was like episode eight. And so we, we didn't did even predictions. We didn't even talk about the Battle of the Bastards uh, that I remember. I don't think we did. Anyways, if we did, we did. If we didn't, we didn't. But that was one of the most badass fucking scenes I've ever seen on TV. You know, I want to say we did. Because I remember talking a lot about like with Chance here. Yeah, right. We did talk about episode nine. Right. So pardon me. Clearly, I can't even keep my own fucking continuity in my head. Uh, we didn't talk about episode 10. Right. So uh, episode 10. What'd you think? <laughs> episode 10 shocked me with uh, the green fire to the city. Like everybody's like, oh, you could see it a mile off. Because I thought they were more creative than that. Uh, to me, that was like a simple flash fire to a problem that they was the easiest way to do away with. I find that in my... I, I like what it was building towards. He, You built up the fact that the poor would rise up against the rich, and they would do it because of the faith. I also like the fact that the Lannisters have extensive influence, and there are a lot of people that owe her. And the aspect of those knights showing up in gold armor and what have you, I you know were Lannisters, and I expected to see more of them. I expected to see more of the mountain... Uh, do what he does, but on the city. Mm-hmm. That, to me, added, would, have, would have added depth to Cersei, that she's willing to take this war to those who serve the crown. Yeah. Like, if it's going to have her way. And they would have to fight back, right? That's inevitable. Right. For her, for her son. And I feel that with her son dead the way it occurred, <laughs> it just... I didn't predict him killing himself. It deflated. It, for me. I did predict him killing himself. I, I, I did. I had made mention of like, I feel like she's going to burn down the city. I felt she was going to burn down the city or try to burn down yeah, the city. Yeah, you did. It's exactly what you said. Her blowing up the sept. I didn't really see that coming. Uh, regardless of whether or not I saw it coming or, you know, say what you want about the writing. I do feel like to some degree it is a little predictable what she did. I feel like the, they've made a character that is incredibly short-sighted. I don't find that to be a fault, though. Uh, I feel like she's proven throughout her campaign that she's willing to plot and to do what she needs to do to get by. But I feel like in every opportunity, she's been solely driven by her emotional reactions. I, I've never felt her to be a, a villain of logic. I've always felt her to be a villain of what is the quickest way I can do to get what I want. Now, to me, I got the exact opposite of her because I think it does take a wherewithal to be able to plot the death as she has. Uh, the, the, that you don't get to do what she's done without there being planning involved, methodical mm-hmm. planning. And, you know, she's had to hide a secret about her and her lover, who was her brother, right? Yeah. Had to keep that under wraps and juggle the fact that she's the mother of not one, but two kings. Right. You know, that's in wife of a king. So that is a lot to juggle. And so you would have to be a plotter, a planner to get any of that done, to keep any of that in order. And the emotional half, I think, is the fact that anybody's going to be a little emotional, more than a little emotional, regarding somebody attacking your family. Mm -hmm. And I feel that in this show, let me just get to the point. Like, seriously, I just disagree on that. But the um, main thing that annoyed me about the fire is that it was used once already. It was used to burn a bunch of ships across some water. I imagine it would take a sizable amount yeah. to handle a fleet, and that would make sense. And then it's like, oh, but we have an unearthly amount more left, and you didn't get rid of it? Yeah. 
So yeah, I, I can understand that. But I, so when you said, you know, you feel felt it was kind of predictable, I don't disagree with that. Plot wise, I feel, yeah, it's kind of predictable. Now, how it was filmed and like the, the music and just like the kind of emotional buildup to that crescendo, I thought was, was executed fucking amazingly. Say what you want about the, you know, the predictability of the plot. Yeah, uh, I think maybe it's predictable, but at the same time, like, I think everybody's trying to predict it anyways. I didn't predict it. You did. Yeah. So I didn't see that coming. I'm saying it was, I, I don't think it was a good right. I think it was, yeah. a, it was a clear flash in the frying pan tie up because they wanted to close that book. Yeah, sure. They want uh, to be done yeah, with it. So they're like, going, what's I, the quickest I, way? Boom, done. I can and, agree with that. And we don't have to write an end to Marjorie. We don't have to write an end to her son. We don't have to write an end to the grandmother getting involved right then anyway. Right. And we still got Cersei. We still got the Lannisters. We still got that problem. Right. I, I definitely get the, the ramp up feel. They're ramping up towards what they've been slowly crawling towards for six seasons, which is big ass boss fight. Right. It doesn't bother me. I still find the fucking show enjoyable as shit. It's not that that show does done one thing for me. It somehow keeps me involved. Mm -hmm. Somehow there's always, man, I I was done when Edgar got his head cut off. (laughs) They cut his head off. I was like, well, you're done. Yeah. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll watch it a little more. Okay, cool. I can get behind that guy. Oh, you killed him too. Well, with, uh, with Ned Stark getting murdered, that's why I never finished reading the first book. So I started reading the book when I started watching the first season and I was like, man, fucking, I love this character's kind of kick ass and he's in kind of shitty predicaments, but you know, he's an honorable guy. And I'd only gotten like 80 pages into the first book and 80 pages into the first book is right around where, um, the King and the Lannisters and all that shit come to Winterfell. Right. So I hadn't gotten into any of the, I had surpassed the first 80 pages in the show. And I was like, ah, oh, it's cool. This is fucking, you know, it's like I can read the book and then I can watch it and it's fucking cool. Well, the show gets further along and I hadn't finished up with the book and then they fucking kill Ned Stark. And I was like, well, this is the fucking character I thought was the main character of the goddamn stories. Fuck this. And I didn't want to read the books anymore. I, uh, I was too, I'm too black for Game of Thrones. <laughs> I, I, let me, can't, I'll defend it. Let me just, you don't need to, to, but to yeah, why. go ahead. I'll tell you why. Um, no self-respect in black man's gonna let the you know okay cool your boy comes to your town you mm-hmm. know your king he's like i need your help man i don't know they'll be wilding out in the city man this is come on i need uh-huh. your help help me out your boy all right cool i'll help you out and of course if you leaving your son falls out of a window mm-hmm. when you go talk to the wife she's not like well i don't know i told him not to climb up i don't know why he was up there he's hurt real bad all right and it's clear everybody thought it was suspicious everybody yeah Right? All right. So you're like, cool. I need to stay because my son's hurt. And no, no, no. Help him. I mean, you can't, him help, you can't help him heal any faster. At least he's alive. Right. All right. He fell. It's a horrible accident. Man, that sucks. Man, I'm sorry about your boy. All right, cool. We're on the road. The moment she discovered, oh, someone tried to kill my ass at home. Why the hell did he stay in the city? Right. And I'll tell you why. Because he's white. You know what a black man would have done? Been like, what the fuck? Excuse me, I got important shit. What my family getting murdered because I'm up here? I told you, ass, I don't want to be in your crazy mm-hmm. ass city. You, my boy, that's my family. I feel like even before that would have would uh, occurred the shit, the situation with fucking uh, little cocksucker 
the the little king fucking bitch when he was prince. <laughs> the fuck is his name? I can't. I I'm having such fucking hard time remembering shit today. You're talking about the bastard prince. I'm I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking about yep. uh, Joffrey. Sorry, yep. when the shit with Joffrey happened with uh, Arya's little fucking butcher friend, the, the kid of the butcher, right? And they fucking he was like, you need to kill the dog. Like I'd have been like, yo. I don't know about you. You're the king or whatever, but um, I believe my children because they don't lie to me, and I'm not killing shit. So how about y'all go home? I'm gonna take my kid, my kid's dog, and we can go back to the winter hole and you can go fuck yourself. Now, see what's funny about that is I feel that that was almost a, a typical black thing. It's like, wait a minute, my my child fucked up and did some bad shit, and did you? This is no. Oh, an ass got whooped, but you did the ass right. whooping. So my child whooped your son's ass, and we're killing our dog. Juan the king. Oh, okay, so we got you got a safe face. All right. Well, your dog's dead. That sucks. But we good then? <laughs> yeah, we good. Cool. And then left. I would have agreed with that. It's like, well, if you kill my dog, find another hand of the king. That's that. Right. I mean, that makes sense. But like you know, the whole thing with Game of Thrones. I mean, that's one of them. Another one is, how do you have these clever assassin chicks from Dorne? kicking rocks with that badass pit fighter guy who was the Castellan prince mm -hmm. who's like yeah they fucking raped my sister killed the children you know popped their heads blah blah the mountain did it you can go fight him he's gonna get poisoned to hell and i'm just gonna say it's on blue in the face and then magically has the strength to crush his head like the whole time he's fighting i, I went back and read in the book he was poisoned uh -huh. his respiratory's failing he can't keep up. He's slowing. His body's slowing down. He's losing it. His adrenaline's worn out. He falls to the ground. This guy's gloating. And then he reaches up out of nowhere with the last bit of his mountainous strength and crushes his head. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and said to myself, I was like, now you're just going for upsets. <laughs> no, seriously. There is an art to where you get people liking someone and then kill them. And it's the same reason why you get people who watch horror films that yeah. chop people up all the time. Torture porn. It's the sensation of taboo. It's you're, you're addicted and you're hooked, and that's all Game of Thrones is. It's yeah. one gigantic sensation of taboo. If you didn't have Bolton, what season did you have? Yeah, that's fair enough. Even what, more backstabbing, whatever? Okay, so you'd become that, uh, that king show they have where uh, the tutors... That's what you'd have had. I never watched that show. I don't it, know anything right, about Right, you know why you don't watch it? Because I tried watching one episode. It wasn't even entertaining. It's the king keeps sleeping with people he shouldn't be sleeping with. And I'm like, have you been through history class? Yeah. As he's the king, how the hell are you going to make someone king of the whole everything and you think he's just going to stay with his wife? Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like the, the entire season was enjoyable, but I don't disagree with your critique It's It's not about it being bad, but I, what I'm saying is, is that that's the difference. See, right now you're like, hey, no, I was like Golden Wing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like Batman film, <laughs> but you, you can look at it, right? And if you right. look at it, You'll find right. that one thread, and you can start pulling Oh, yeah, for sure. People can spin gold about something. If the majority of people say shit's now healthy, and we need to eat our own shit because it promotes our life... Oh, dude... I, people I, will do it. I, yeah, absolutely. I, I When I watched uh, The Dark Knight Returns, um, that's the one with Bane. Right. I watched it, and as I was watching it, my brain was like, this is cool, this is cool, this is cool. And then when it was over, I was like, that was cool. But hey, what about that one thing where like Batman just were, and it literally the entire movie as soon as I as soon as that thought occurred to me the entire movie just it like turned to sand. It was poop when I saw Bane. It was the whole movie to me it is for as good as the Dark Knight was it the Dark Knight Returns is equally bad. Yeah, 
And I think the Dark Knight is probably the best Batman movie, period. I think it's the best one that's ever been made. And the Dark Knight Returns, just as fucking terrible. And that's that's the that's because so I guess what we're saying, what I'm getting here is, is that if you are charismatic enough and you like a film, people will go with your your like because they're liking you. They're not liking the film; they're liking your through your eyes. Yeah, what that, you're talking about. Be, the film. That can be the case in a lot of occasions, and that's what happens. I think a lot of times that's what it. Actually, I'd say every time that's what it is. And when a person sees it with their own eyes, they go in with a colored expectation. If they find something they don't like, eh. They'll go, it was okay. Yeah. Or it was all right, I liked it. And that's when I'm like, going, okay, so you found something you didn't like, but you don't want to vocalize whatever. And that's my whole problem with that type of stuff. But then there's some things that just don't deserve the praise it got. <laughs> right? Right. And so I'm saying, as good as Game of Thrones is, to, to sur- surmise here, as good as Game of Thrones is as a show, it's the best show I've seen in a series, best acting I've seen in a series, fantastic plot, fantastic intrigue, great casting. Everything about this show is golden, except the writers. <laughs> Why the writers? Because I don't like that I have to stop my enjoyment because I suddenly get what you did to make the next episode. Like you guys sat there and went, all right, well, what's the next yeah. wild thing we could do? What's the yeah. next crazy thing we could do to speed along? You ruined the pacing of the development of these characters or of the action between them. You ruined the buildup of the political intrigue that you expected to have and go on. And you just said burn it all because you didn't feel like finishing it out. Or we're told you didn't have time to finish it out. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, definitely. So that's the only thing I have a problem with the show. But if it starts there, then my mind gets to wondering. <laughs> right? And that's when you've done bad. That's right. when, when your audience can do that, you messed up. So tell me, uh, Bob, now that you've joined the PC Master Race. <laughs> <laughs> Technology. What's the, what's, the, what's the games you've been playing lately? Because I've been horrendously out of the loop. I didn't have mm. the Xbox Live for a while and i i've been making really disturbing sounds on my computer which uh yes. i want to tell a small story before you jump into what you're doing in the pc there i got uh i don't know i was just fucking around and i was like ah shit it aggravates me in the world cuz there's fucking donald trumps and terrorism and fucking blah 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 so i decided to make really terrible fucking i don't even want to call it music but like a mockery of music mk ultra type shit yeah, like like brainwash sounds, uh, and my dear friend, my uh, I would say brother from another mother, was like, "I will pay you to stop making that music." Yes, <laughs> I literally bought Nate a year of Xbox Live so he could stop tormenting me, and he did it in a way that was so fucking priceless. He was like, "Hey man, are you uh you know are you not playing video games like?" on purpose or like what's going on with that and i was like ah you don't have the xbox live right now and i just you know it's been kind of taking a break and he was like um i'll make a deal with you and i was like yeah sure what's going on he's like i'll uh i'll renew your xbox live if you stop making me have nightmares <laughs> it's the only thing that's ever done i've watched horror films since knee high to a grasshopper i can't ever recall really having nightmares like i was afraid of the dark as a kid that clearly went away <laughs> and no big deal Started playing number stations that are in the back of my head while I'm watching a TV show, you know, playing music. Because Nate in the media now, especially with radio and him broadcasting, it's expected I'm going to hear some of it. There's no way I'm not. You digest media at an alarming rate. So I'm just used to it. But in, but it's usually stuff my mind's like, eh, everyday world shit's cool. Stuff he's into, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Usually stuff you're into, I am too. Then I started hearing the number stations. 
<laughs> and and people screaming and a pig noise and some other unholy shit that you're just slicing and slamming together. And then it was like some some techno rhythm. And then you're slamming that together and slicing up to where it's just constant alarm. It's just putting you in a constant alarm state. <laughs> and my migraine's building and it's building. And I never, I hate migraines. I've had a handful in my life and that was like number five. And I was like, I can't deal. And I was like, I'm going to bed. And I just go to bed. Then he put the headset on, and I thought I was still hearing it while I was sleeping. He put the headset on. Yeah, yeah. I, he went to bed. I put on my headphones because I was like, "Well, it would be rude if I continued to do this while he's asleep." That's just you know, kind of. I'm courtesy. dreaming about what he made, <laughs> and it was nightmarish. I felt like shit. It showed me it was so bad. So, needless to say, I haven't, uh, I haven't, I haven't made any new, new audio uh, experiments. And I'm hoping Bethesda drops Skyrim too. <laughs> soon <laughs> october so that's when the remaster comes out <laughs> good uh but no i mean it's it's cool um also you're not you're not a fr- i've had fruit booty friends in the past who go, oh man i gotta take a break from video games because it's ruining my life it's ruining your life yeah no that's... How, how's it ruining your life and then they tell me you know i'm just i'm easily distracted i'm side rolled i just can't get off and do the things i know and love to do like what like oh i always wanted to pursue painting <laughs> okay then you should probably do that and maybe i don't know devote some time of your life to that and you know play this when you got nothing else to do because that's what it's there for right and or enjoyment like for me it's a hobby like this oh look i make time to play video games mm-hmm. when i'm watching tv it's because i got nothing to do right because i give a shit about watching tv but if i can blow up some aliens to save the world i'm all about it right so that's just a little bit about me, but when they, when they make those grand statements like like it's a it's a drug, I laugh in people's faces so hard because mm-hmm. I've seen drug addicts and alcoholics, and it's like you're you're don't ever right get near that. No, well we'll we'll put it into perspective. Like um, my video game playing already has always been out of all of our friends like the lowest. Yeah, um, gamer score wise, you have like a hundred thousand something. 107,000, I think now, 1,100? No, 107,600. Over 100,000 gamer score. Over 110,000 gamer score. Over 10 years. Right. Mine's 12,000. So the level is not, (laughs) it's not there. You know, I I have a typical short attention span. Play a game for a while, do a different thing. Fucking play this, do a different thing. Play a couple hours of a shoot-up game. Get angry, go do something else. That's just me. But, you know, I was like, I can't afford to keep up my Xbox Live because I got other shit and I don't make the money I used to make. And that's one of those things that's kind of extracurricular. I'm a soldier Um, in segments. My day has to be planned out. And when it is, I hit my objectives and then I go to my hobbies. Right. That's that's it. Right. And that's that's how my mind works. So it's don't think nothing of it. I just know mm -hmm. it would be hell if I want to do something. Couldn't. I'm watching somebody else do it. Mm-hmm. And I really felt that you deliberately started making those that number music to torture me, <laughs> to get me to buy that. So that's that's not you, at you won. all. You won. Not at all. So, not in the right. least. Because if you think about it, what's the game that like for the last six months I've played the most? Fallout. I don't need Xbox Live to play Fallout. Right. So you know, I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll miss out on a couple of games, some Overwatch maybe, but I don't, I don't like, I'm like level twenty. And you're like level 70. So it's not like I was playing it to the degree that you were anyways. So, you know, I was like, eh, yeah, it sucks. So then here's the fucking best part. Here's the icing on the cake. Bob's like, all right, dude, 
fucking stop making that music. You, I'm, I'm paid for your Xbox Live. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm not going to turn you down. All right. So he does that, and I'm like, well, fuck, you know, I should play some fucking video games, right? Get in party, go fucking play some Overwatch or whatever. And uh, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, maybe, I broke my second Xbox One controller, and I broke it because I am a dummy and left it on the floor, and in the dark, I stepped on it. I snapped off the fucking left uh, bumper on the controller, and I'm like, ah, fuck. So that was part of the reason why I had kind of stopped to begin with, because I was like, I broke the fucking controller, kind of can't do anything with it anyways. Our friend Chris comes over, and he's like, I got a controller for you, dude. Don't worry about it. Okay, cool. He brings a controller. I go to fucking jump in a party, play with fucking Bob and our buddy Brandon, and... I have a mic for my controller that has a 3.5 millimeter port plug and the controller has the original Xbox plug. So I don't have a mic. So again, pointless can't be in a fucking party because I can't talk to my friends and I'm not going to shout to Bob from the other room. <laughs> you do anyway, but that's yeah, only when I, you're mad. I don't shout to you. I right? just shout and you can hear it. <laughs> there You've is ever a been difference. in a scene asylum and not that I visited there often, but or was a resident for long. But um, you get used to hearing people shout things through a wall, <laughs> and it t- I always chuckle. I always laugh at it because yeah, I got a, uh, I got a problem. <laughs> I have a problem with first person shooters. If you're listening and you've never played a first person shooter with me, they cause anger in me that I'm not like Tourette's. I'm not proud of like like Tourette's. It's yeah, so it's the worst, black. and it, it's it's typically speaking, it's only those types of games. It's and I don't know why I've never excelled at them exceptionally well. So I really don't have any reason to be frustrated when I'm doing poorly, but I always, I, I flip out. I can't fucking handle it. I play for the spirit of the game. Right. First person shooters. I'm a competitive guy. So I play those games. I compete, but I'm also a worldly kind of sore of video games. There are a lot of games out. So I kind of, you know, jump around. Yeah. I can't, and I won't devote a year of my life to get good at overcrack. <laughs> I won't do it. You asked about the games. I'll segue a little bit here yeah. and then, you know, chime in as usual, as we do. But Overwatch, is it a great game? Well, it's it's a first-person shooter. tries to teach you teamwork, and it would be a great game. However, I find that people will find a way to make that game shitty for you and everyone else no matter what. Yeah. For instance, the game allows you to – you have up to six people you can have on one team, which is the largest team, I believe, since Battlefield in terms of small group combat. Uh, for a map, and or for a play tie, play 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 stop. <laughs> Excuse me. So cool. All of them are unique and diversified people that fit in their own categories, right? Yeah. From support to healing, defense to to attack. Right? Yeah, it's like the first time I've seen a game that literally just broke down the characters. Like this is a tank, this is a fucking healer, this is a fucking. This you person know. can do a little hybrid, right? You know, a, a person for everybody, everybody for a person. Now, why that's cool is because everybody wants to be a unique snowflake. Well, yeah. here's a game that says you have uh, 12 people to pick from, right. 16 people to pick from. Is it 16? I think it's yeah. like 17 now. But yeah. yeah. The new one came out. You don't need to double up. No. You don't need to double up. There's no reason you need to. Right. Double up in a category. Be all in one category if you can, regardless. Right. But somebody figured out, well, this game is... OP if we all play this one class. Yeah. I, I definitely feel like there was a serious misstep in their balancing for the game. Because like if you played any other first person shooter and let's let's say you had like you had three heavies on a team and you had fucking two running gun people, 
that is not going to be the determining factor on whether or not you win or lose. Right, you would normally get destroyed. Right. It's you, you don't need to double up unless you need to double up for a strategy, but it's not going to decide the game. Also, you know, if you're playing capture the flag or you're playing, you know, uh, bomb that person's base, whatever the fuck you'd call it in your chosen first-person shooter, there there should never be a point where if you are on a defense, you're always going to win. And in this game, there are certain levels, certain positions that you can start in where you're 98% guaranteed to win if you spawn there. If you pick the right characters, you're going to win regardless of what the other players, how good they are or what they pick because they made these these like spawns and they made these these bases in a way that it's really impossible to to get to as an attacking player if the defending people pick now, just the right characters. I thought about that and that's because part of the learning curve for me, like I'm 70 now, and I've been through enough or butted my head enough in frustration to get the fact that that's because you're still thinking you're going to win the day, you personally. Right. That you're going to make such a significant impact. Truth is, you may have to rely on someone else on your team who has the ability to get through that wall, right. has the ability to go pull the team's attention yeah, absolutely. the door to get you to pull out. But if you don't have that team, <clears throat> it's not going to happen. Now, Blizzard was ingenious because they said, okay, here's the deal. Um, even if you play with randoms, these roles still have an effect. Mm -hmm. They still have their purpose, so it's perfectly fine if they know how to play it. But as it said, too many cooks spoil the soup. Yeah. So you have everybody now who's digested and they've made porn about this game. They're making comic books about this game. I'm told they're making animes about this game. They're doing everything they can about Overwatch to blow it up and expand it outward. Sure. But I'm frustrated because you made a game that I invested in mm -hmm. um, heavily, even purchased the game for a friend who didn't have it because I, you know, hey, play with us. I hate it when people get left out. And uh, we're playing this game, and I, you know, I heard him say distinctly, this pisses me off. This is the most frustrating game i played. I'm thinking about it. What's his frustrations or his frustrations valid? And the worst thing about it is I agreed with him. I agreed with him. And why it was bad is because once you realize that it's just the lowest common denominator that's going to win this game. It's the people who game the game. They don't play to have fun. They play to make someone else miserable. Right. And I hate that because it's it's not only as an unsportsman, it's it's like it's applauded. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I don't mind if I lose against a good team. I'm not saying I'm a sore loser because really I'm not. If you're really good and you team up and we get annihilated, man, then it's us. And that'll show. But if you're cutting a gimmick... You're running a YouTube video. If you know a spot that you're involved, all that other stuff, that's gaming the game. Yeah. And when that's done, I get disgusted with it and discouraged. And I want I want to ignore the game while it's hot so you can get bored with it so I can go back and enjoy it later on with whoever's playing. Right. Because that's that's how it ends up, right? That's Call of Duty. It's Battlefield. It's yeah. all of them. All of them do that. And I had hoped Overwatch broke that pattern. And it, and it didn't. No. It did not. And I'm told that they're testing right now. It's called MOBA is what it's called. They do a daily game every week. Yeah. And uh, MOBA is you can only pick one type of each character. And from what I can tell, it's the most active playlist they've had so far. They've had people just do it for the very same reason. And when I played it, it's a different experience. When you can't have multiples, you have to play your character the way it was made. Right. You have to be good and you can't switch it. You picked it, you play it, and you experience it. And that makes the game fun. Really fun. 
You know, and I'm not saying because I won all the time, although a lot of times I did. Mm-hmm. But and I verified for me, I don't suck. I know what I'm doing, and I can play in the team. But also verified that how many people were just finding the gimmick and using it. Yeah, and that's why they're doing good. And when they play this now, they're not. So and that's that's Overwatch. Right. Um, I also think it's hyped up. I will say this off the bat: I think it's too hyped up. I don't think it deserves the praise it has. I think it's a first-person shooter. Great idea. Blizzard did it. Cartoony characters. Much interest. There's no story that you can right. find in the game. You have to go to a Wikipedia. No. Uh, that I'm assuming... I hope Blizzard made. I, I want to express... Yeah, there, there's definitely... There is a quote-unquote story to all of your characters. But I am totally, completely done with the idea that it's okay to charge $60 for only online play right especially when like i don't know how many maps are in the game but to me it seems like there's about five it seems like there's about like five maybe six maps to the game and granted there's like 16 characters but there's nothing the only thing that you ever unlock is skins um dialogue thing you can do a little spray paint thing it's totally to me i i'm not about that and i get that some people like to be able to i want to customize my character all up and down but when i play a, a game like that even if i'm playing it just online when i play a care uh, uh when i when i play the game and i level up i want to be able to unlock things of substance not like hey here's a, here's a loot box and you get five random fucking <laughs> Uh, you know, things that alter uh, the appearance of your character that I'm never going to see anyways. They targeted millennials <laughs> with this. I'm going to say this. And I don't care if it offends anyone because personally I can't stay millennials. Um, it's, they have an unrealistic world perspective. They have an incredible sense of entitlement. Um, let's, let's, let's transition. We'll talk about my games further in a second because there's some cool ones I've been playing. Um, but it, it relates right now to the popularity of Pokemon Go. I detest Pokemon Go. I've not even played it. And I don't need to. Pokemon's never been my thing. I don't give a damn about a Pikachu, a Hamadi Chu, uh, whatever, <laughs> an Explodey Chu, a Jewish Jew. I don't, I don't, I don't care. What, what, whatever Pokemon are out there, great. And I was told when you were a kid it was out, Bob. You were out and it was like, yeah. And apparently I was like, ha, 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 not for me. Yeah. Okay. I still hold so, that. So keep talking, but I'm going to do some internet investigation because I'm fairly certain I was nearly a fucking adult when Pokemon came out. So... I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about Pokemon Go and everyone's telling me how great it's having their phone or whatever. I've been in the cell phone industry a long time. More importantly, I worked for Microsoft uh, for about close to three years uh, with the whole corporation experience. And one of the biggest things they tell us is to read your T's and C's about every app you get, of everything you sign up for, of everything you do. Because once you give an app permission to give away your location, to access your purchases, to access uh, your, your picks and what have you, you've basically given them control of your phone. Not that they're going to override and make it phone do stuff it shouldn't do, but they can look at your history. They can look at what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's a fact. Pokemon Go gives it permission. Right. And the world over, people just jumped on board because it was Pokemon and did this. And in this day and age, when a group of hackers can hit worldwide news for shutting down bank organizations, for hacking our own government, do you really think it's that hard to hack your phone company? It's truly not. There's never been an interest too. But now there's mobile banking, which I know is extremely popular. Mm-hmm. People use their phones for purchases. Well, now if you have Pokemon Go on your phone, your phone could be at risk right now. It's just a matter of time. And if, and if they go ahead and do it, they have the permission to be there. Now, 
that's that's a fact. That's not even maybe. That's not even possibly. That's how it goes. And to me, I'm gonna be completely unsympathetic if anybody I know goes, "Man, I had Pokemon Go. Oh, for some reason, I gotta get a new bank account. Right. Oh my, all my funds are gone. Well, no offense, you know, it's kind of like you know, you pay, for, you got what you paid for. Mm-hmm. Is is that simple? Now, Pokemon Go in and of itself is it a cool concept? I'm gonna say yes. I hear it and I think it sounds cool. You're gonna run around. And there's little elements in the environment. It gets people out of the house. Folks take their kids around and whatever. However. What I've been seeing is not kids. I've been seeing adults. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I won't talk shit. You know, whatever. You want to play a fucking game? Play a fucking game. I am not interested. Pokemon... So I looked it up. Pokemon came out in 96. So... I was nowhere near a kid. No. Uh, I just graduated high school. <laughs> I I think I was 15 when it came out. Uh, I wouldn't consider that a kid. No. Especially if you knew me at 15 years old, I was not given a half a fuck about Pokemon. I started college that summer, we'll put it that way. Right. So it, it's not it's not something that ever interested me. To put it into perspective, my brother, on the other hand, he would have been like nine when that came out. <laughs> so that would have been his thing, not mine. And I, I have no interest in downloading an app where I walk around and collect things I don't know. I don't know anything about them. But again, it's not for me to judge. The only thing that really annoys me is that it's fucking everywhere now. It's everywhere. The popularity of something has never bothered me, especially if the majority, I don't have to like it, right? No, yeah, absolutely. But I understand you work at Apple. Yeah. And and it would, I, I get your rundown because when people have a problem with your phone, you're going to see the app. Your yeah. coworkers are talking about the app. Yeah. Everywhere you go. I heard you, I'm, I'm regurgitating yeah. what you've told me, but I thought about it. I'm in the seclusion of my own environment, right? <laughs> I, I don't have to see everybody does. I hear it and right. I make fun of them and I move on. And why I make fun of them, it's not because I'm out. I choose to be out. It's the fact of be aware of your product, mm-hmm. right? At the end of the day, you're paying for an app that's going to update words and give you a different picture. That's it. right? Like you said, something of substance. Back to my comment about Overwatch, right? Mm-hmm. That's where the segue. When you mentioned substance, you're right. I shouldn't be, it, it's trying to encourage you to do a uh, transaction yeah, to get more coins sooner to buy the cool skins and whatnot. Right. Microtransactions. That are already in the game. Yeah. They're already in the game. Yeah. I so, don't, I don't understand why it's become okay for game developers and, uh, you know, companies that make fucking video games, companies that distribute them, companies that sell them. I don't know why they think it's okay to make a $20 valued product and make you pay $60 for it and but then make you pay another 60 bucks to get the full game i was completely shitty about overwatch when i paid the money played the game and learned that this is all there was right there wasn't a story mode there wasn't unlock another character there wasn't discover a different fast there's a whole world to overwatch and a whole plot and everything and story they they made for it that they kept offline it's not a part of the game right you know, it's, I mean, I shouldn't say offline. It's not part of the game. It's online. You have to, you have to hunt. You have to actually go hunt it down. And that's, that to me is ripping everybody off. Yeah. It's completely ripping people off and preying upon it. Now, I haven't said anything because to me, I'm going to play that game until I get my $60 worth. Yeah. That's, that's just how I am. Now, now I'm going to wear it out. Now I'm going to wear it out. I'm going to wear it out and cuss and spit through the whole thing. But the, uh, here's, here's the other aspect. All right. So you get the game. It's popular. People have it. They're playing it. And then I'm realizing the type of people that are playing it. I mentioned the m- millennials. That's what they're colorfully referred to. 
um, as like a shitty pop band, by the way. <laughs> um, and they're so happy, and they and they don't get why you do. Why don't you? Why you don't like it? Mm-hmm. This is the greatest thing right now. This is the greatest thing. This is what's hot right now. That's what they say. Well, that's because I come from a family uh, that believes in one strong point. Look with your own two eyes and listen and learn to shut up. Take the information in and truly, truly understand what you're doing. Don't be wowed right. because someone comes along with a good story or somebody put a cool video to it. It's kind of impossible to do these days with all the constant bombardment of media and the fact that, like, you you, you know, you say, oh, yeah, wow, they fucking consumes media like no other. Yeah, but that's not true. <laughs> I consume media like a normal person 10 years younger than me does. That, that uh, that's that's the truth of the matter like people are are on twitter all day on instagram all day are uh, posting pictures doing snapchat maybe we, i don't maybe i don't if get... i'm on your show we should change the name to old man show <laughs> the old man well, show because now we, we just kind of are you, I, right but change it to the old man show right because now maybe it's the whole thing about being just nerd you know nerd rage nerd words it's, it's the old man show it's because yeah, because well, we, we really s- give a fuck right but how you know we're 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 kind of lo-fi anyways because yeah we play a lot of video games but at heart like we're still tabletop gamers we're still traditional pen and paper imagination gamers makes us a little low tech a little lo-fi there's not a lot of new ones coming out you know unless they're <laughs> being unless they're being raised up by old ones well, that I could tell you, they st- it's still thriving and still going in. I yeah. just think maybe you ne- you're not dipped in it. No, but it's because people like us do what normal people do. They have kids that get married and they raise those kids and bring those kids up. Maybe, you know, a couple of those raised up kids bring a friend or two in and, you know, but it's not, it's not Pokemon Go. Nope. It's not fucking, there are more active users, active users on Pokemon Go than there are active users on Twitter. There's a level of sad that it comes to. Um, you lot of Nintendo, and I remember you hearing Nintendo's resurgence because their stock went up at 25% because of Pokemon Go. Yeah, they made like $11 billion. And I still don't give a fuck about Nintendo. <laughs> I didn't give a damn about Nintendo when it came out. And someone's like, well, Nintendo got me started on video games. Actually, I played ColecoVision, which was ancient. It's what my parents played. Yeah. And I played it because it was cool because the, back then, the concept of wireless was science fiction. Oh, I got my first Nintendo in 88, so I do give him credit there. I, that That is where I got my start. I mean, I'd played fucking Atari before, but Nintendo's where I got started. Dude, I wish I wish my mom was where I could give her a mic because it, it was a to-do in my house when I told him I want to get a Sega Genesis because it's better. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? Nintendo's awesome. I thought you loved that thing. No, I don't. That's why it's out in the barn. <laughs> they hooked it up out in the barn for the kids to play so we weren't in the house. And you know what I put up in there? My weight set. <laughs> I lifted weights out there. I did football. I lifted weights out there. I worked out in the barn. I don't think I ever saw Sega Genesis until like two or three years after I played Nintendo. Oh, man. But Sega Genesis I wanted to get because it felt futuristic. Because when I think technology, I think tomorrow. I don't... Nostalgia I get, but let me, mm-hmm. let me have my day in the sun here. I think the whole purpose of technology is to get you invested in the future. It is to get... It's to showcase and show off what it has the potential to do. And it challenges the world over. Companies, technology, what have you, is there for them to better us in some level. Yeah. Make it easier for us to do stuff, sure, but more likely, you know, kind of have, have them breakthroughs. Have the medicines of today. You know, have them moments. There are more geniuses out there. Just get cracking. 
And when I see that it's just being taken over and some some corporation wants to make a buck, it, it just makes me want to literally poop in a box and mail it to them. <laughs> and just say, you know, that you know what you did. That, that's it. Right. Because it's it's I hate media so much <laughs> because media controls the simple minded. And unfortunately, I live in a nation of simple minded people. You do. And you also participate because you're on a podcast. Although I don't know, I don't think we have the the audience that we're controlling anybody's minds. And personally, I think if you listen to me anyway, half the people who listen to me wouldn't like me. <laughs> I'm actually convinced of that. Like you know, I think when people meet me and it's face to face, ah, Bob's entertaining. He's a good guy at heart. He is a heart of gold. Um, you better hold that hold that thought. <laughs> you better develop a poll and a test for me to take about what you like and don't like and about how you feel about certain things because odds are the longer you're with me we'll we'll nudge closer and closer to that line to where I don't really give a fuck about what you think (laughs) is what it comes down to and that's the whole and to further defend that point media is something that marketing is really the culprit of yeah marketing uses as a tool like there are good there's good media i think podcasts are good to get their self-expression right right i think radio is good when it's when it's done on a tasteful point right they need to be endorsed they need to have companies invest in them so that's keep it going. that's that's the big difference there though I, I, you know just to interject a little bit the big difference is that there we have the liberty whether it is a curse or a blessing that we can literally say whatever the fuck we want right we don't make any money off of this we're not profitable which means we're not beholden to anybody. We don't. Nobody sponsors us. Nobody fucking is calling me up, going, "Hey, dude, I'll give you this amount of money." And I want to preface this with, that would be great if it did happen. But <laughs> at the same time, does that compromise your product? Because now, so and so, you know, business A is going. Yeah, I like what you do. I want you to fucking pitch this. All right. Well, I'll I'll do that because it's going to give me some money. But then they're like, hey, uh, if you don't stop talking about this, I'm going to pull that money away. You know, not necessarily going, I want you to talk about this, but I'm going to take money away from you if you bash, right. you know, like, let's say in the realm of possibilities, this would never happen. But let's say like, like Bungie, they're like, if you bash Destiny one more time. We're not going to fucking fund your whatever. And I'd laugh at you. Destiny's awesome. Well, I'm just using it as a, as a quick example. Destiny's you know, awesome. I don't, I don't feel that Bungie would ever need to worry about us pushing their products. And hmm. likewise, right. don't, you know, I, I don't think that they'd be like, we endorse these fucking people because they're endorsing our product. You know, whatever. We, but when someone says, to your point, wake up, the real world isn't like you think, Bob. It's not what you say, Nate. It's not how it is. The real world need to make money. Money is what decides things, and that is how it goes. So th- you're telling me the rich are the ones whose opinions are the only ones that get to get heard? Well, they're the only ones that matter. Right. And they're the only ones that get to have sway and influence. But I believe in a simple Greek point, an old ancient Greek point, it is the student who digests and understands the wisdom of the teacher. The teacher is not the wise one. It is the learner. The information you get, you are responsible. Every right. individual is responsible for it. And I know for a fact, this is how Pokemon Go went amongst our friends. Some kid in Canada got a hold of it, <laughs> right? And was like, oh, Pokemon Go is awesome. Hey, Jeff, did you Pokemon Go? And Jeff went, uh-huh, I'm doing it right now, me and my kids. Hey, Phil, did you hear about, uh-huh, I sure did. I'm doing it right now. Hey, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Cool. Hey, Bob, Pokemon Go. Guess what came out of my mouth? Are there people that we know actually playing it? Oh, yeah. 
Who, oh yeah. Who? Oh, let me tell you the worst. The worst. I laughed and actually vomited at the same time when I heard it. My stomach curdled when I heard this. I heard Brandon W. Okay. Mm-hmm. Over Xbox and we were all playing a game together. Gives instructions for how to play Pokemon Go. And I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe he's showing Liz and they have a new phone or doing whatever. At this point, I'm like, cool, do your thing. Everyone's doing, I don't necessarily hate you for it. Just do your thing. But this was the biggest black mark of this that got me to be like, fuck Pokemon Go. <laughs> she doesn't play the game. She doesn't play the game. She was going somewhere. This lazy fuck couldn't leave to go play the game himself. Had to tell her, hey, while you're out, use your phone to get me Pokemon. Fucking completely destroys the point of the game. I was like, you fuckhead. Are you serious? <laughs> it was such garbage. I, I remember s- actually. Oh my god! So I knew I knew that Brandon uh, was playing it, but I didn't know about it, all those other self-respecting adults were also participating in the video game exercise app, wildly uh, applauded by the masses. I I just don't like I I can't be critical of the game other than I don't give a shit. I didn't give a shit about Pokemon last wednesday and i didn't give a shit about pokemon on thursday or whatever day it came out you know what i'm saying like a poll if you if you have pokemon go on your phone how many pictures of your vacation are on your phone how many pictures of a sunset have you taken all right how many pictures of your best friend family loved ones an event circumstance anything you've had anything of worth on your phone but it has to be weighed against the porn you have on your phone <laughs> and the bullshit you have on your phone and and the pokemon go pokemon pics you've taken with your phone because to me I'm a man who is I'm I'm no longer caring or impressed at all about the hollow, shallow bullshit people get into, which is the real reason why I'm like Pokemon Go. You and I don't need to talk about it. No, you, we don't need to get into it. No, your your Pikachu shitty man, whatever. I don't I don't give a damn man. I, I don't know I don't know anything about it. So it's nothing fascinates me about throwing a ball at some weird animal and now I own it. I I, I maybe that's it. It's too close to slavery. <laughs> it. Is you you capture animals and you force them to pit fight? Okay. It it is like at its heart. So let me get this straight. Someone heard Michael Vick got arrested, but why did he get arrested? And said, "Well, how would he not get arrested?" But they want to fight, Bob. You take them to gyms or something. I don't know. You know, a dog wants to fight if you've trained it that it gets a delicious yeah. yummy treat at the What's end. What's going on in those balls? That's all I'm saying. That's the, well, who knows? I don't know, and I don't care because I'll never download Pokemon fucking Go because. Uh, yeah, I don't care about Pokemon. I didn't. I didn't care about Pokemon when they were on Game Boy or wherever the fuck they were. No, I didn't give a shit. Nintendo was dying, and I was winning. <laughs> they were dying, and I was literally leading the silent charge of its death. Well, the best part about it to me is that you know Nintendo's fucking stock skyrocketed, but they didn't develop the app. They didn't distribute the app. It they their stock went up because. They allowed a company to use their intellectual property. But they're alive to make more renditions of fucking Mario now. All that they did, all that Nintendo did was go, yeah, we did that once. Sure, you can use it. That's it. $11 billion. Go fuck yourself. That's, hey, I can't, I can't fault them for hanging on to what they made and making no, a dime off no. it. I can't. But th- I'm just saying, it just stalled them from, from falling off mm-hmm. where they need to go. They yeah. need to go there. Mm-hmm. Let them guy. Um, so let's talk XCOM. Mm-hmm. I did a revitalization of XCOM because I was kind of inching the waters to whether or not I would do XCOM 2. 
Well, let me explain the whole computer thing. I do detest computers for gaming mm-hmm. as I sit in front of my new laptop. <laughs> okay. So I want to state this. I got my new laptop because I had the potential of doing Skype interviews with a couple companies I got a hold of, and I've done them. And it works like a charm for that. Pretty fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I'm happy with it. Works great. No problem. And my plan was buy the laptop for that and return it when those interviews are done. And I decided to keep it. And why is because the moment some some cool friends heard that you know I had it, they were like, you got to get on Steam. You got to do this. You got to do that. And of course, I kept it. But I didn't keep it because I wanted to, per se. I kept it because it was a loyalty thing. That's what they're into. That's what they play. I'll tow in. We'll see what's what. And I was like, cool, I guess I can get back and do it. Because first thing to know about me, I hate using the keyboard and a mouse to play. Yeah. I'm not very good at that either. It's an adult device. To me, it does adult things. I'm able to do so much more productive things on this than play a game. However, I can do that too. (laughs) Right? Clearly, I could play a game now. Right. And as I'm playing it, whatever, I find that there are a lot more uh, games that I never knew about and all sorts of things I can download and do it. And half the reason is because I'm a super specialist. I love my consoles. You know why? When I'm playing a console, I can hit start, shut it off, save it, whatever, and walk away. Go do whatever I want to do. With a computer, I got to worry about, is it shut right? Is it going to fall over? Is anywhere anybody can trip over it? Look at all these wires and whatever. You you get the idea. I don't like worrying about a $2,000 plus device getting damaged when really the majority of the things I do is just play a game when I could have a console that's considerably less. Yep. Safe and never moves. Yep. So, and I like a controller. But there are games you can play on there that I can't play on my Xbox. Right. There's only one game really that I've watched you play that I want to play anyways, but yeah. (laughs) But that's that's it. I just really, pros and cons, I'm, I'm against PC, but I have one, so why not use it? Right. So... Steam is a thing that I really avoided. Um, I'm glad I did because I'd have to buy a new PC probably every other year to enjoy the latest and greatest. But um, playing these Steam games, I've learned one thing. It's incredibly social, the Steam app. You have tons of things you can get. I can buy a game gifted to someone. Mm-hmm. I can in- develop my own party in Steam if you never played Steam. Um, I like the fact that I could choose and preview every game that ever comes out to check it out before you buy it all in one spot. I can make a wish list, which is kind of cool. So Christmas or my birthday comes around, somebody wants to know what's what. They can kind of peek in my wish list and already know. And the most important thing, for me anyway, I like the security of Steam. I'm a guy big on when it comes to security for my uh, my electronic devices, especially my information. And when it's out there, I like to make sure I know, I understand it. I also understand that no matter how careful or cautious someone is, you can still get hacked or what have you, something can happen. Uh, but I like knowing. It's a form of control and I like it. Um, to roll that off now, the games that aren't on the Xbox yet, but are coming to the Xbox, one of them anyway, XCOM 2. Now, XCOM is about aliens coming to Earth, and they're trying to do a takeover, and you play an organization called XCOM that's designed to fight off the aliens and save the day. Now, it's an RTS, it's a real-time strategy game, which means it's turn by turn. I like that. Bob digs turn by turn. Gives me all sorts of time to do whatever the hell it is I want to do. I can put a guy wherever. I can customize my team. I can save it whenever I want to, right where it is if I don't want to complete a long battle. There's no urgency. There's nothing right. forcing me uh, to, to play the game beyond what it is. And I kind of like that. I dig it. However, that's where it's addicting. Right. Because I'm a thinker. I like thinking things through. And I, I'm, I'm a very rapid thinker. I'm a reactionary thinker as well. And when I play this game, I instantly know what I'm going to do one point to the next, right? 
<laughs> and XCOM feeds on that. And XCOM 2, or excuse me, XCOM ends uh, where the you get to the big mothership, you take care of it, they try to make it a black hole. Real cool cinematic scene. They don't do much explanation. Right then the game's over, someone on your team died, and I'll play it again in hard mode. <laughs> right? However, right. to get from start to finish took me a week. That yeah. was worth to me. To me, that's worth. Yeah, that was worth the twenty nine ninety nine. Right. Didn't say sixty. No. Half that. Right. It was. It was worth that. Right. XCOM two. I wasn't going to buy it because I enjoyed the first one. Really, what are they going to make in the second one? It's new. Whatever. Good old Steam has a way of sucking you in. And I'm looking at multiple videos, and you can't get me in a promo video anymore. No. No. Absolutely not. You can't because they're fucking they're they're designed to draw you in right you can't trust anything that's in it so i checked it out and i was like yeah looks pretty good apparently the story's changed you're now a guerrilla movement because the aliens have landed and convinced the whole world they're here for the greater good and your little XCOM division they thought was dead mm -hmm. you're now resistance fighting back don't know i just literally started playing it today why i chose to get it though instead of wait for it to come to council in september which is what i was absolutely going to do it's cross-platform which is cool. It's the first game that I owned that I saw, looked, and yes, it's cross-platform. Meaning, when everybody gets it on the Xbox, I have it already. So I don't have it in Xbox form, right. but I have so you the have game. have to buy it fucking five times? Right. So if we decide to do multiplayer, that was the other thing. I don't trust my friends or RTS guys. Right. Although play some Civilization, right? They got me on that. But they're not exactly people who stick with what they do. Right. Um, I call them wishy-washy gamers. I'm not. I'm a, I'm diehard. Right. I've always been the lone wolf when it comes to gaming, and I've said this. I don't play games because you like them. I play them because I like them. I'm not going to wait for you. I'm not going to ask you to play, but I will play with you if you ask me. Right. I'll be social with, and I'm not exclusive, but your, my enjoyment is not from you. So I make the plunge. I get XCOM 2, and any game where off the bat it tells me you're screwed, good luck, you win. <laughs> because you just said i'm gonna be here for a minute right strap in right and i'm like man i thought i already played this game and off the bat they had uh looks like they did faster clipping meaning that it doesn't take so long for the computer to decide what it's doing right and it literally feels like a game of chess against the computer every single move i'm doing it's like all right since you know that i'm not gonna counter it i'm not gonna hide from you i'm moving i'm running for you go ahead and chase me chase me into a trap and it designs all that where before they would just kind of stand there and try to shoot you occasionally. This game <laughs> makes you think. Total fun. If you like the whole alien, whatever, discussion thing. Uh, they also use a lot of alien technology. You know, the aliens drop it, your scientists research, and boom, you got something crazy you could use. Always fun. Right. Typical human upgrade. We're going to be psionic at some point. Mental powers. That's going to be awesome, right? And that's one. The real game I want to talk about, though, that is brand new is Dead by Daylight. So, you saw me playing this game, and is that the one that That's, you wanted to play? No, that is not the one that I wanted to play, but that one does look cool. That's the one where you're basically trying to escape from the axe murderer. It's a game I feel someone listened to the podcast and knew <laughs> we were horror fans and knew that there was a surefire way to pull us in. And more likely, though, the understanding was is that they know Friday the 13th is coming out, and there's a lot of hype on Friday the 13th, the new yeah. one where Jason's going to be hunting down survivors, and the survivors have special abilities, but the goal is to live, survive. Feels like to me that inspired them to make Dead by Daylight. And Dead by Daylight, I won't say is that different. It's the same concept even. Yeah. 
your four survivors trying to outlive the one killer in the board. The cool thing is all the lore they built up with it, I think. I won't get into all of it, uh, but I will tell you that it's classic. If you like horror films, this is the game to get because they'll they'll direct you to where they have a library full of who the killer is and where he came from and how he got to be there. And there's this mystery as to why everybody can die and respawn later on and why they can keep going. Some god of torture urges them to sacrifice you mm -hmm. uh, to this unknown entity as you play. And that's why the killer keeps hunting on the survivors. Right. And the survivors are trying to escape. And all the lore alludes to the fact that there's one survivor who's been going through this so much. He feels that the killers used to be survivors. That there's a chance that could be it. And it's very intriguing, very entertaining for that. Now, where that seems cool, really, that kind of falls to the wayside. When you're playing the game, it's creepy. Your four people kind of crouched around this farmland or dilapidated... Um, what do you call it? Um, I can't remember it now. Cars go to the die. Junkyard? Thank you. A dilapidated <laughs> junkyard, a haunted junkyard. And these are all places these killers have, right. well, committed the atrocity to become the killer they are. And of course, they haunt these areas. Some literally. And your job is to sneak around and find a way to escape them. That's it. You don't get anything special. You get to sneak around with three other people and hope this asshole doesn't find you. Yeah. And the sound effects are so core that you can hear the wind and grass bending, reeds snapping, twigs <laughs> breaking. You can hear birds chirping in the distance. You can hear a flock of ravens fly away if you get too close. Mm -hmm. And your heartbeat picks up the closer the bad guy gets to you, as well as the music. So the pacing's always intense. Right. Something's always stalking you and coming for you. And I can't tell you how helpless you feel when one of your buddies gets picked up after being slashed to the ground. And thrown on a meat hook. And you watch them struggle. Yeah. They're literally trying to get off of it. It looks like a really cool game. Uh, I would definitely like to try it out you know, a couple of times just to see what it's all about. But yeah, I was watching you guys play it. And just like your reactions, you know. <laughs> it's like when there's like five people playing a game and they're all quiet. You go, okay, <laughs> well. And then like there's, you know, someone screaming, you know. But like they're actually verbally freaking the fuck out. Yeah, it's pretty funny. The game I was talking about, though, Civilization. Civilization's kind of my jam, you know, but... Uh, what can I say? I'm uh, Emperor Babahito in Civilization. Well, uh, you are the man who's, who stands between two worlds, one on the Xbox, one on the PC. We'll not hold it against you. It is what it is. But uh, we're like two hours in, so I think we're going to call it there. A um, couple of things. Um, just uh, if you listen regularly, we're going to be switching... The day that we record these from Wednesday to Friday. So typically you'll probably see new podcasts up on Saturday. And since we're doing them on Friday, uh, I don't work on Fridays. And now we technically have an intern named Liz who <laughs> we don't get paid. Neither does she, but she's learning. Uh, as long as she's here every Friday, we will record a podcast every Friday because I will not have her come out just to sit here. It, that is not something uh, in my internship. I did a lot of going, like driving 30 miles to sit for four hours and not do anything. I won't allow that to happen. So as long as there's somebody up my ass, this will be a weekly thing, no problem. Um, so you'll probably see new ones on Saturday. Other than that, you know, it's basically the same shit. You know, hopefully we have new topics to talk about. We've been avoiding politics, and I, I want to continue to do that because it's just a whole can of worms I don't even want to get into. But It's uh, like religion. You never lose friends faster. Yeah, right. 
other than that, uh, you know, please share the podcast with your friends if you like it. If you don't, you know, don't. Yeah, I'm not your boss. Uh, otherwise, until next week, I am Nathan. I am Bob, and thank you for listening to Old Man Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.